0: We turn to the gospel according to Luke toward the end of his story, and this is what happens. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, and they cast lots. When you come into your kingdom, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. By the presence of your Holy Spirit, O Lord, remind us this morning of who you really are. And that by seeing and maybe knowing and understanding more fully who you really are, we might become who you call us to be. Give us that great reminder that through my words, it may be your word that is heard. In Christ's name. Amen. So today's Christ the King Sunday, right? The last Sunday in the church year. Doesn't feel like we're on the last day of the year. Not really. Not quite. Feels like we're close. But not quite there. That's obviously because we're more conditioned to the calendar year than we are the church year. Nevertheless, today is the last day of the church year. The whole thing, as you've heard by, with, from Larry, begins with this expectation. We start off the year, and we will next week, with this expectation of the birth of the Messiah, a baby. And then we go through the life of Christ and we end it on today with recognition that Christ is indeed king. When you think about it, that all makes sense. We start with a baby, end up with a king. We go from seemingly small and insignificant to to royal and all powerful least At least that's the way we think when we hear the word or see the word king. That's the picture we get in our minds, right? We hear king and we immediately go to some big, some picture of a big throne, long flowing robe, massive crown, huge scepter with which to execute eternal decrees. That's the way, that's where our minds go. That's what we picture. The only problem is that's not the picture that Luke paints for us in his gospel. This reading we had just a minute ago clearly shows us that Jesus is not that kind of king. I read a commentary on this passage that that suggested something quite intriguing, a way to look at this kind of king that I hadn't seen before. I want to pass it along to you. Starts off by talking about how we use phrases like Christ the King and reign of Christ and and all of that and 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 they're good phrases but they they speak of the kind of king that we were just describing and yet we get to a story like this one right and we think of the whole of Luke's gospel and we realize that it's painting a different picture that that this king is revealed to us not by looking up, but by looking down. Now think about that for a second. You can't quite see Jesus the King clearly when you're only looking up. You can only see him clearly when you're looking down, as if he's beneath you holding you up, lifting you up from the places you find yourself in life. The kind of king you have to look down for in order to see. He starts that way from the very beginning. From the very beginning, Jesus preaches and talks of a different way, a different kind of king. He starts off with talking about the kingdom of God. As one pastor puts it, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more often than any other topic in all of the gospels. Kingdom of God he says is different. It functions differently than the way in which we function or expect to function in the world. The kingdom of God is like the prodigal who foolishly asks for his inheritance early and then goes and squanders it in dissolute living. The kingdom of God is like that and when the son comes to his senses and returns home expecting or hoping some shred of even a little a little bit of mercy, he finds not only that, but rejoicing, celebration instead of harshness, forgiveness instead of judgment. He talks about the kingdom of God as a shepherd who loves the sheep so much that when even one gets lost, he goes off and looks for that one until it's found. Talks about the kingdom of God as a rich man who throws a great party and invites the poor, the blind, the crippled, the lame. Jesus, when he heals, he tells people to not say anything about it. When he speaks, he seems to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, who cannot help themselves. It's the kind of king. Jesus is the kind you have to look down for in order to see. You know, from a very early age, we're taught one line that sticks with us. The one line is this, help yourself, that's the line, help yourself. If you want to get ahead in this world, help yourself. If you want to be successful, worry about yourself. Don't worry about how what you do affects others. Worry about yourself. Do for yourself. Fend for yourself. That's what we're taught. We buy it. Hook, line, and sinker. We find it in our story. Luke lifts it up not once or twice, but three times this mentality of help yourself. He says the leaders scoffed at him, saying, If you're the, if you saved others, save yourself, help yourself. The soldiers mocked him. If you're king of the Jews, help yourself. One of the criminals, if you're the Messiah, help yourself, do for yourself, save save yourself, fend for yourself. That's what we're taught. And yet, that's not what Jesus taught. That's not the way of this king. Throughout his whole ministry, he talks about a different way. A different way to live. Sneaks up on us like that. This is the kind of king Luke has been presenting to us from the very beginning of his gospel and we find that same king on the cross today with two criminals, one on his left, one on his right. I don't know if you realized it, but the two statements they make represent the two responses Jesus has received throughout his entire life through his whole of his ministry. The first one comes from one who is still stuck in the slogan mentality of our world. If you're the Messiah, help yourself, save yourself, do for yourself, fend for yourself. And some of us are still stuck there too. The other one represents one who has been reached by Jesus. All he has to say is, remember me. Remember me. Somehow, somewhere along the way, Jesus has snuck into his heart and showed him a different way to live, showed him the way of forgiveness, mercy, and grace. Somewhere along the way that happened. And Luke's hope, Luke's greatest hope, is that by the time you get to this point in the story, by the time you get to this part about the cross in the story and have read everything up to now, that same thing has in some way happened to you, that somewhere along the way, Jesus has snuck in your own heart and and changed the way you think about how to live. That's Luke's greatest hope because that's what Jesus does. He's subversive like that. A subversive kind of king who sneaks into our heart, tells us a different way to live. It's what he does best. On occasion, I've shared with you about how my grandfather used to be part of a prison ministry down in Huntsville, Texas. For once, once a month, for seven years, he went down and was the speaker for the chapel service that the prisoners in the maximum security unit down there put on, and I got to go with him. Every now and then I run into someone who was part of that ministry still, and they still tell me to this day, they start talking about how much of a difference that made in the lives of the people there, how many lives were changed there, and yet it's funny, I never hear about the one life that I saw that was changed that I never saw about, and that was my granddad. That's the life that I got to see change. When he started the ministry, you might say that he had a certain opinion as to what a criminal and a prisoner is. But as time went on, after the months passed and his time with him, that opinion, that view changed. I'll never forget, we were sitting, as I visited him once, we were watching the news and a news report came on, a story about some jail, a prison deal that had gone bad and the prisoners were suffering from it. It was an unfair thing and they talked about it. My grandfather got up he said I can't watch this. That's my people they're talking about. My people. Somewhere along the way they ceased to be those criminals and became my people. Somewhere along the way, slowly but surely, Jesus snuck into his heart one more time in a way he never expected. That's what Christ does with us too. Started it from the very first story he told, the very first thing he taught, the very first person he helped, kept on throughout his entire life Kept doing it right up until his very last breath. He's doing it right now, sneaking into our hearts, showing us a different way to live a way of forgiveness, mercy, and grace. If you don't feel like it's happened to you, stick around. You keep coming here, it'll happen. You might not notice it right away. You may sit, wake up one day and say, what happened to me? I'm a different person. I'm seeing things differently. That's what Jesus does best. Oh, you'll be sitting there and you might be looking up, thinking of something the big that might happen from above and Jesus will sneak up on you from underneath. He's subversive like that. Christ, the King. Amen.